Welcome back to Investing Experts. Happy to have Ryan Wilday back on the show. He runs the investing group called Crypto Waves. Avi Gilbert, who we had on a few weeks ago and a few months before that, and runs the investing group, the Market Pinball Wizard. He has an umbrella of investing folks underneath them. And Crypto Waves is one of those investing groups, and it's run by Ryan Wilday. Super happy to have him on today talking crypto and Bitcoin and Ethereum and Coinbase and what stocks he likes, what ETFs he prefers in this space, being patient through this time in the market how he's thinking about crypto in general, how he thinks about investing and trading in the space. A super edifying conversation about the crypto space. I hope you would agree. Join over 250,000 subscribers by becoming a premium Seeking Alpha member. New subscribers get the first month for under $5. For all the articles mentioned in this conversation, you can find the links on our show notes. And for full access to all podcast transcripts, all analyst ratings, stock quant scores, dividend grades, subscribe to Seeking Alpha Premium at SeekingAlpha.com slash subscriptions. Ryan, welcome to, well, kind of welcome back to Investing Experts, but our first legit conversation on this platform. Uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to be back. We stole, we stole one of your episodes from James Ford, the pragmatic investor. That's what I'm referring to. Uh, but it's great to have you on Talking Crypto. Yeah. You run an investing group service on uh, Seeking Alpha called Crypto Waves. Uh, you discuss Elliott wave trading, and a lot of people in our audience are super interested in that. If you want to kind of synthesize how you look at the crypto markets and how maybe the markets in general even. Yeah, I mean, um, when you talked about crypto, I like to divide the market into a few areas, and we co cover crypto equities too, and that's an important component as well as coins. Um, what, you know, first, first, what in crypto is what we call investment grade from our standpoint? And it, from that, you know, if you're say you want to come into the market as a as a hodler, as we say, or long term holder, we really push people to focus on on uh, Bitcoin and Ether. If you look at um, bullish and bearish cycles over, you know, I've been in this since 2012 uh, professionally as a analyst trader since 2017, and through all of these cycles, it's pretty clear that all coins, by and large, they're very experimental projects. They um, they are questionably from a question questionable from a uh, fundamental basis that that can be debated, um, and they but but I can tell you with nearly 100% probability most of them don't last from one bullish cycle to the next, other than other than Bitcoin and Ether. So um, they you know so basically on the track record of what has been proven, we we push people towards Bitcoin Ether if they want to be hodlers so to speak. And then when you get into altcoins, you know both Jason and I runs the service with me as well. Uh, we're both sort of uh, well-bred swing traders and we find all coins really great but I mean all coins are great for swing trading when the time is right and all coins can fall into that and we can get pretty amazing risk reward when everyone knows the volatility of crypto and we try to capture that with as, as little risk as possible I mean I mean I think I think some people are very surprised we'd probably be surprised knowing me how little my bets on all coins are like they, they are very very much for me a tool for high return with very little at risk um, so trading that way. So I would put that. So that's that part of the market. And then last, we have crypto equities, and um, it's classically been Bitcoin miners. I, I I think these companies are pretty poorly run. I, I you know if there's any CEOs watching, they can 
you know, give me a call or whatever and, and debate the, the validity of the statement. I'm talking mainly in general, the, the whole, the whole um, group. And that's because they've largely financed their operations by buying miners at the tops of Bitcoin, leveraged up with that, that Bitcoin, and then bought equipment at the top. Um, they're in an arms race against the network hash rate, which is basically the rate at which um, they can produce Bitcoin with that, that you, they sort of get their cash cost of mining. And so it's, a, a, I give it great, give it to them. It's a tough business because, I mean, I, I, I came from the product business. Um, my last um, corporate job was Samsung and, you know, uh, Samsung would love to have its product go up and the product that it produces go up in, in price. And they, these miners have that benefit, right? I mean, Samsung's phones always, they're going to go down, usually not up. And, um, you know, Bitcoin, the, these miners produce, you know, goes up in price. The problem is their cost to produce goes up along with price. And, you know, that's something Samsung would never experience because they're constantly bringing their costs down. So I like to differentiate a, a classical product business, uh, you know, to what these miners face. And it's a tough business that, you know, okay, price is going up, but so is your cost. And you're always trying to outrun that often with financing. And it's, it's, it's just tough. And so I think the only way to manage that is to learn how to hedge sell top. So we cover them. Um, I do, again, don't think they're investments because of that reason. We get some great swing trades out of it. Um, a lot of other interesting stocks starting to show up like Coinbase. Um, it's not yet said, okay, I'm ready for a long-term uptrend, but it's pretty interesting. Um, they had some interesting news this morning from a fundamental basis. It's, it gets more and more interesting. Um, and then uh, another stock we cover closely, APLD, which is sort of a data, data service um, for the mining industry, as I understand it. Um, and you know, again, I'm a very technical trader. Sometimes I don't even know what these companies do, but that's my understanding. Um, and um, and it's and it's forming to be a pretty good chart. So we'll find uh, plays like that in the industry as well. And then so I, that's kind of my my breakdown again: the big coins, Bitcoin, Ether, all coins, and then um, sort of the crypto equities. But the, even with them, we got some good groups, good groups and bad groups. So. So it's interesting. You said that you're a technical trader, and so you're looking at the charts, and a lot of times you're not even interested in the fundamental. It sounds like sometimes even the basic. Yeah, I, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I have an MBA, like from my okay. product side, like so. I, you know, I'm I'm versed okay. in corporate finance. I wouldn't say no, but um, uh, you know, what I don't look for is a fundamental reason for a chart to start rallying. I don't trade the news. A chart, a good chart is a good chart, but lots. Um, I I would say it's fairly fair to say. That, short, that companies are in poor um, fundamental basis, those uptrends don't last. Now, from a trader perspective, I say they're not lasting when support starts breaking, you know, very classical technical thinking. And most of my supports are Elliott Wave based, um, depending. I, I trade some other styles at times. But um, so I, I, have a no pro I have no problem trading an uptrending crappy company, you know, as long as it plays out, it's playing out and then all of my my trades are very tightly managed from a risk perspective. Now, when I talk about my investment portfolios, like those long term holds, because I don't my it's not like my entire portfolio is like day trading every day, right? Or even swing trading. I've got a lot of things that I manage, and most of it's ETFs. But from that perspective, I look at interesting opportunities from a fundamental basis, and then um, but I you may but my level of aggression uh, with respect to those investments is definitely still has technicals in mind. So I wouldn't I wouldn't call myself someone and ignores fundamentals, but um, but when I'm when I'm when something's sort of falling into trading like this company APLD, which is like what are they doing? I think they're a data center. Um, again, I've been doing well trading it technically, 
And I never stop to ask myself whether it's a long-term hold yet, because the chart doesn't say that, you know? So if it, if it became a long-term hold for me, I'd want to understand the business a little bit more personally. And what does the chart setup look like when you start looking at it for a long-term hold? The, so in this APLD, for instance, it's very specific to diff, like different structures that we see, but APLD from an Elliott perspective is trying to form what we call leading diagonal if it's low. A lot of leading diagonals off all-time lows fail. So it's a long ways, but if it does hold, um, it forms five waves. And I think it's got, I can't remember the, the, the final target to fill in five waves. I think it's in the three figures and we're right now we're trading it at $7. So it's got a crazy volatility characteristic to it. Um, like we've been trading it since it was in the threes, I think, and now it's in the sevens. And that was, um, and, and you can, this thing moves like five, 10% a day. So if it moves up to uh, again, three, somewhere in three figures, then we have, we mark what's called a wave two, which is um, always retraces all of those five waves or most of it, um, sometimes um, like three quarters of it. And if that holds and it breaks out over the top of the previous, then that's a really good sign that a company's got some some runway from a, at least technicals are, are at least hinting. And then yes, I, that's when I start looking at balance sheets and cash flows and stuff and say like, am I gonna, am I gonna put this in my portfolio? which again uh, is mostly ETFs and stuff like that. So for a stock to graduate, uh, for me personally, to my portfolio and investment portfolio, it's got to be very interesting to me from both a technical and a fundamental basis. And, and you um, mentioned- Because most of it's just- but No, sorry, go ahead. Most of it's just- I was saying, again, most of it's ETFs. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I don't have to, I have to babysit, yeah. Right. Uh, ETFs built in babysitters. Uh, it, yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. I hire babysitters and ETFs, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. to a degree, to yeah. a degree. I still watch it. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good synonym for ETFs. Um, You mentioned that Elliott Wave, sometimes it's not the only strategy you use. What are some of the other strategies and when would you implement them? Um, I have, so like, I was trying to think. So like, um, sometimes I'll use volume profile to day trade. That's mostly, honestly, in Forex. I mean, crypto, I would say Elliott Wave works really well because it spends so much time not moving. Like day trading crypto is not fun. Um, uh, so when I say I use vo- like volume profile and liquidity zones, I'm talking about day trading forex, sometimes futures like um, S and P 500 futures. Um, so uh, and then the other thing I have is I, I use a machine learning platform to do some algo work, and I do in the service we are running a couple algos. Actually, the one we're running in crypto waves is not um, machine learning based right now, but I do a lot of quantitative. You know, what are some um, signals technically speaking that have um that have played out you know and with some statistical bearing and then with validity basically and uh, sometimes machine learning comes into the construction of those signals um and it's, again it's not just on crypto i use it on um, equities and whatnot in my own trading and i have some auto trading going on in some of these algos so and 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 you know it's it's basically basically the designs of these algos something i would never come up with like i would they have weird calculations and and whatnot that the computer suggests after doing some tests, sometimes they play out. Sometimes I have to turn them off. Like they're not really not working like the, the results suggested they would, but it's something I do. And in, in terms of my, my trading, I like to have as much automatic as possible, but not always, not always. I have enough time to do all that. Yeah. Using all, using all those tools, does it ever make you think about AI, the AI sector and kind of what makes sense over there? Yeah, I'm I'm curious um, whether they're gonna make easy AI tools. There are a lot of places that have claimed AI. I wonder if um, they uh, are going to make tools 
um, for you know re regular investors to sign up for subscriptions and whatnot. And at the same time, I wonder if that's going to really work um, because a lot of times when you find an edge, if there's an edge being broadcast out to a bunch of subscribers um, to a tool set, it may dilute the actual results. Because any, no matter what, uh, whether it be a human or an AI, you're still looking at past history, right? And then you're trying to move it forward in kind of a, a predictive basis. And to call that actually predictive, I think is a misterm, right? You're really saying that this past result could potentially carry out into the future, right? And like, you know, like we say, like past results are not a guarantee of future results, right? It's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's that old um, thing in, in investing and AI is no different. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, whether if I'm using machine learning platform, that's not per se AI, it's just sort of a brute force machine learning, like looking at things that I can't look at fast enough. And, um, and trying different things. And like, again, it's just finding past results, right? And then as you move forward in time, it may prove to be predictive or not. So it's not that easy. It's not like, I don't, I don't expect AI, AI is already, already being used in the investment space and I don't expect it to be so revolutionary, but I, um, I'm interested in it. I've used ChatGPT to rewrite code because I'm not a great coder. Like I've been trying to learn a few languages to get by. Um, I don't have the time to be super devoted to it. Fortunately, the platform I use has some code writing itself. It has some skills, and then I have to learn how to edit it. Um, so ChatGPT has been cool in that regard. And then, yeah, I hope to expand the use of it personally in trading. But um, but yeah, it's just time to to play with these things. And like, the, I run into the service. Honestly, I, I'm I'm working 80 hours a week on the services, just making the best I can personally. I want that. That's my primary goal. So yeah. Um, talking earlier about the Bitcoin miners, how do you see that area of the crypto space developing? Do you see it kind of the issues that you have with them? Do you see them staying that way? I, I think either somebody's going to get religion or not, and it may be one of the existing companies, or it may be an opportunity for an existing company to come along and do it right. Um, I think they're also vulnerable to companies that can do it well um do it well as a kind of side business like an energy company we haven't seen energy companies pick up mining wholesale but you know the whole game of um of of mining is cheap energy i mean it's not that's all of it because you have to continually upgrade your equipment but um but if a, if a company is producing energy and they've got waste energy um i like i if i was running an energy company i'd be mining bitcoin with any waste energy i have because it's sort of free at that point. It's like, I'm either going to burn this energy off or I'm going to sell it if I can find a last buyer or mine Bitcoin. And so um, I, I think that's how it's going to evolve. I think in regards to what I meant by getting religion, I mean, stop financing equipment at the top of the Bitcoin market when euphoria is high and learn to finance at the bottom. And I like, I haven't, you know, uh, I'd like to see a company, I'd be interested in a company that started a hedging department that was hedging their costs forward learning from gold mining companies I and mean, they have to survive an asset that, um, you know, run, runs in large ranges over a period of time. They've learned a lot about how to sell forward and um, to manage costs and, um, and and keep their financing under control. So, I, you know, I, even a miner, I'd be, I, my eyes would perk up if a, a Bitcoin miner hired a gold mining company CEO or COO or something like that. It's like, okay, yeah, that'd be a company I would watch. Um, and it's old school stuff that is so basic in the commodity space that um these guys are trying i mean i know what they're doing they're trying to build their balance sheet with a bunch of bitcoin and that bitcoin looks bad on the balance sheet because 
it gets um, accounting impaired. I think that they gets impaired in terms of accounting once it goes down in value and cannot be repaired, so to speak. I don't know if that's an accounting term, but it can't be pushed back up on the balance sheet value. Um, so they have, I don't know if they that changed. I think I got word that that had changed. So I understand that the, they have a mission to really build the Bitcoin on the balance sheet and they don't necessarily care whether that balance sheet is impaired by the Bitcoin. But um, but I look at their cash flow statements and the way they're diluting shareholders. They're really, a lot of them are releasing shares to dilute dilute shareholders so they can pay for more equipment. Some of them are financing and getting indebted. Less, less of that has occurred in the last year. There's been a lot of um, dilution. And I'm just not interested in being a long-term shareholder in something that is a tough business where I'm getting constantly diluted. And the long-term charts reflect it. They don't, do not look great. I'm just curious because we had a couple analysts on a few months ago talking about Iris Energy. Do you have any thoughts on that specific Bitcoin miner? Um, is that I-R-E-N? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't like the chart, again, from the long-term basis. We've been, I haven't been trading it personally, but I've been um, posting it for subscribers and it's, um, we, you know, we've caught some good turns in it. Uh, again, I, don't, I haven't had a position myself, but it doesn't look good. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see how it reacts to Bitcoin. Bitcoin has a really nice swing position forming. Um, uh, we talked a lot about that extensively with James recently. The, the, it, we talk about it here, but Bitcoin's in a good spot to run. Uh, as long as it can break out of this this region, um, get get out of its malaise, it'll, so it'll be interesting how Iris and other miners um, uh, react to that. I'm sure they'll have some sort of reaction, but largely in the last week, we've seen a lot of decay in all of these charts. Um, you know, and it, and it's, you know, it makes sense as Bitcoin's kind of wandering down, but a lot of them have broken what we call we consider support, and, and or we or we will say morph their pattern, meaning the LA pattern is not no longer clear, or it's gone to one of our alternate counts. That's not really a good sign, like when things as a sector are all doing that, um, it, you know, and again, so I'm, the question is, you know, I, re, I, I think, you know, we, we use this term tortured chart. I think that over the next eight months, we'll have some nice runs in miners, but there'll be quote unquote tortured charts. It'll be very difficult for us to find support targets, make it makes the trades um, challenging in terms of parameters. I mean, one of the things we pride ourselves on, very clear parameters on trade. This is where you stop out. This is where you take profit. Um, and again, we will take out a decent amount of stops. That's part of the business because these things are volatile and we really want to get out safely. And so, um, cause we're not always right. And, um, and unfortunately with a lot of these minor charts, it's become very difficult in that regard. And there's just some charts are just unclear. It's true of the entire sector. It's just, it's nuts. I don't, you know, so I'm very cautious about it and we'll see how that all, that all plays out. Does not bode well for the long term. I mean, when, when charts look like this, um, on a, such a, a grand scale, which is basically the entire move from top the bottom in 2002 to now, uh, it looks kind of tortured. It's not really good. It's not a good sign when that much of the chart is looking so bad, so tough. So anyway, is there a point when you get out completely? Uh, it, yeah, it, every chart's a little different, but um, it, in general, if a chart retraces, let's say you have a strong rally, let's say a, an altcoin, for instance. Um, uh, I'm going to use that that for instance uh, because um, miners are very special. But if you have what we call an impulsive rally, say in the Bitcoin cycle, like 2021, a lot of altcoins did. It's very classic for altcoins to retrace more than 764 of its entire impulsive rally. That means that impulsive rally is very clear to invalidation, and we have to get out by then. We also we also want to take profit at, at the end of that impulsive rally, and any buying we're doing um, into the downtrend is going to be really really tiny. So we, we should be stopping out with very little pain. That's number one. 
um, uh, you know, we have a whole process around that. And a lot of times we just wait till it shows signs of, of row reversal before we add. Um, but uh, so the 764 retrace of its entire lifetime rally, so to speak, is the no go. Like below that, it's not tradable. It's not long. It's not longable. It might be shortable, but it's not longable. Um, and then when you talk about miners, some of them have done that, broken that, and some have not. Iris blew through previous all-time lows and is now working off a fresh new all-time low from November 22 and is corrective off of that low. That's not a chart I actually even go in long, and that's why I have no no position. But some of my subscribers do. Again, I don't I don't handhold subscribers. I, I give them this is what I'm trading and this is why this is my analysis. I'm not their advisors. So some of my subscribers, you know, who are very, um, um, you know, some of them like to take shots on charts like that more than I do. They have been in Iris, um, but uh, um, you know, it's the problem with miners is that this what I just said about Iris that their their rally off of the all time low at or or the low not an all time low for all charts but the November twenty second low is all across the board corrective as we call it. There's no impulse. And so all of my minor positions, if I have them, are small. I'm starting from there. They're just really not healthy. And so, yeah, I'm now if that that rally from the 2022 lows again retrace 764. I will not be in at all. I will be totally out. Of, of, you know, and that'll be case by case because yeah, every miner will kind of do its own thing. Gotcha. Um, and you mentioned Coinbase. I'm curious what you like about them and maybe what what you don't like about them or what investors maybe should be cautious of there from a from a chart perspective well let me let me talk about from a customer's perspective and this is where i'm a little bit negative there um i i trade most of my i do most of my trading on kraken which is um you know u.s exchange without any you know they've had some also had some sec run-ins but they've you know settled and they've moved on i've been trading with them them since 2012. most of my trading's there the fees are lower their customer service is more responsive than Coinbase. I have an account at Coinbase. I hardly ever, I use it every once in a while. Um, so if there's that side, um, the the uh, the other side of it is from a fundamental perspective, Coinbase has always been a little bit easier for people to onboard. And really in the United States right now, the only place you really can onboard if you're interested in trading crypto or interested in um, to making your first investments there, you know, there's some apps and there's, but they they have done a good job of being sort of uh, ex like approachable from a UI perspective, um, you know, and, and if you're not an active trader, it's pretty good. So if you think of, you know, how many people are going to be become active crypto traders, uh, you know, my judgment about why to hardly use them is more my needs. I think from a lot of other people's perspective, they're a go-to and really the only one, they're the last one standing. I mean, after FTX went down, again, there's some of some apps here and there, not all user friendly. If you get into self-custody um, wallets, people kind of have to graduate to that from their first crypto um, before they start building their own wallets and, and managing them. So Coinbase is a good alternative. And also Coinbase has now created their own chain and wallet um, in a Web3 perspective so they can onboard. They can do a good job of educating customers to jump into that as well. So I think they're a very sort of um, approachable educational space for crypto users in the United States who have never done it before. I even when I'm, you know, I do a lot of teaching uh, for people that have never touched a crypto, whether it be in my personal life or um, at conferences. And I always point to Coinbase as sort of the easiest onboard. 
And so, um, you know, so from that perspective, I like them. They obviously have enough money to fight the SEC, which I think is a good sign. Now, hopefully they don't burn themselves down. Um, and then they have an interesting chart, which um, and they, even this morning, actually, they just got approved by the CFTC TC to trade futures Bitcoin, which I have to look into the product that they're offering. So they're making some headway from the regulatory standpoint as well. Um, and um, and from a chart perspective, it sort of looks a little promising from a from a all time from a from a reversal off the all time low. It's not there yet. If it holds thirty seven and reverses before then, so it's now kind of pulling back out of the eighties. It's pulling towards our main main support around thirty seven. If it doesn't touch that area or it hits that area and reverses, that would be a very good sign that this one could turn into a long term hold. I actually have taken a shot and put some of it into my long term portfolio. It, it may not stay there below thirty seven. It won't. But I've taken a shot and kind of building a, a longer term position. We'll see. We'll see. Um, again, like a few stocks go in my portfolio versus ETFs, but I'm taking a shot on that one. You mentioned altcoins as one of the lanes that you're focused on. And you wrote an article, uh, I guess, a few months ago about three altcoins specifically on Seeking Alpha. Are those the three that you focus on? Are there others? Do you dip in and dip out? Um, I don't even remember what the article was. So it was probably a while ago. So you can feel free to remind me. Well, let me tell and, you. Yeah, three yeah, altcoins yeah. to consider in in uh, May of this year. Yeah. Uh, Immutable X, GMX, and Rocket Pool. Yeah. So GMX broke our support. Uh, it may have been in that article. So I have gotten out, but I still like a lower support in the 30 region. So I'm watching to see if it will reverse there. I like the overall chart. I actually also like the fundamentals because this is a coin that um, is basically a decentralized exchange and they share fees with the users. So it actually takes in fees and, and, and gives it out to the token holders, which is sort of, you know, and this is external money. It's not like they're printing fake, you know, fake money in the form of all coins and giving it to users. They're actually taking in fees for trading and then giving it out to the token holders, which that's some real fundamentals versus that's almost like a dividend, right? And um, so I like it from that perspective, which again, most altcoins, I don't have a good fundamental view. They're just sort of, they're just sort of hot air um, or experimental. Um, and, you know, again, if there's no real economics, uh, then, then it should be questioned. But um, uh, so again, I'm interested in if it comes, finds lower support, but I had to get out of the way for a little bit. Uh, IMX uh, is um, trying to find support. So I still have a position. It looks promising still. If it starts to break 60, I'm concerned. Um, 60 cents. Uh, let's see, um, Rocket Pool broke high, high level support. And I don't remember how I listed that in the in the report, in the article. I still have a position. It's still, I still like the long-term chart, but it's going a little bit lower and I can't remember where the support level is. Yeah. So, it, I mean, honestly, um, the mixed view of those altcoins, and these are some of the better, um, it really shows how the alt where the altcoin market is. It really hasn't finding a footing yet in this recent downturn. Um, again, it's some of them have held November lows, November of last year or not. Um, those that have held lows, those are those are more promising. And then and then now the question is whether they're gonna hold like more of a local support level. Um, you know, then Bitcoin's got, you know, Bitcoin has a great setup as long as it holds 21.3. That will tell a story for a lot of altcoins as well. So if they can, if if Bitcoin can hold its support level and then you start to see it take off and then all coins start to follow. That will be a good um, sort of understanding. In terms of your first question, which is what do I follow? We, um, the, you know, when it comes to seeking alpha, I will release tidbits that I think are interesting, most particularly interesting. 
but I have probably a dozen altcoins on a weekly report I give to my to my service subscribers. So um, and they can be at all different levels of okay, nearing support, uh, active setup, uh, maybe wait a long time for this one. But it's just it's sort of calling. You know, I have to go through. I, I probably have looked at a thousands, you know, two three thousand charts over the last uh, five years doing this, and and that weekly report is trying you know trying to take it down to like what I personally would trade, you know, I mean, I just call it that. It's just me personally, because it really, that whole report came from a question from subscribers. What are the best setups you see? Uh, and so, you know, okay, this is the ones that I'm willing to personally trade. Does All of them, you know, again, my altcoin positions are always small. And then even inside that, you've got, you know, some bigger positions than others. So. I'm curious, just in terms of the constellation of being involved with Avi Gilbert, how did you guys get hooked up in the first place? Uh, so all, all of Avi's staff have been members of the service uh, of Elliott Wave Trader. And I was, uh, again, I came from the product world. At the time, I worked at Samsung, 2015, I became a member. I was personally interested in trading since my design career had started in 2000. So I've been kind of trading nearly, you know, more than 20 years now. Uh, at different levels of success and different sort of sophistication levels and um and then uh, i man, uh, i mean it's uh, you know learning how to trade with avi and other members of the of the service and uh they basically avi watched my work i started getting interested well i was interested in elliott wave theory long before i had read the 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 book which is elliott wave principle by prector and that's the kind of quintessential bible of elliott wave um thinking and um so i but never been able to practice it. And Elliot Avi has a has a very practical way of deploying it, not just from an analyst perspective. It's not intellectual, but from a trading perspective. And all of us have sort of adapted that approach for our specific asset classes. And then so Avi goes through the process when someone's, you know, when he, he got interested in having crypto on the service, he started looking amongst the members that are um are covering crypto and then you know saw, saw my work and then other other staff members evaluated me and all it's sort of a it's sort of a trial by fire i guess um and then he asked me to join join staff and then yeah then basically we grew enough to have jason add uh added to the service as well very cool i love that organic communal approach to building uh yeah yeah, yeah. very cool uh what you so you really pivoted in your career you had a huge pivot yeah i mean i, I had a design career for uh man from 2000 i got out of design school well, i actually got out of school in 99 started uh, heavy in 2000 and then um, left the whole field in 2018. So it was it was good, you know, 18, 20 years before I was um, said I was done. <laughs> Do you feel so. like you I mean, I don't know, maybe it's uh, a bit uh, abstract, but is there something that you take from that world into this world? Um, I mean, I think that I think that, uh, you know, again, like I'm no young buck, I'm, you know, approaching 50. And uh, I think that I wouldn't be in crypto had I um been so in you know so involved in technology my, my last year and samsung I was dealing with voice recognition and um uh you know my team had to focus on concepts that were like five years out so you know i i wouldn't i wouldn't be so interested in technology if i was not in that world and so i and so it was actually a samsung employee that you know we were talking about investing and he said hey if you ever look at bitcoin i was like what is bitcoin you know and this was 2012 it had already been around since um i think it's 2009 was the first block and um, I think I've got that right. Maybe it's 2010. Anyway, um, you know, it's been around for a few years and it went through its first bubble where it rose from like $30 to $1,200 within no time flat. And I looked at it and I thought, man, this is a really interesting concept, but 
I don't know how anyone invests in this. You know, it, it could easily go from 1200 to 30 again. And, um, but I, but I started observing it. I started mining a little bit to, you know, figure, well, you know, I can, I can pay a thousand dollars for a mining machine and, 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 um, and, and make some, see what happens. Um, that makes much, they make any money on that at the end of the day. But, um, but I started to get familiar with the asset class. So I would, that the whole, actually the whole thing, reason I'm here um, is, is because of that world. I, I think uh, I'm an option trader also by sort of um, just kind of osmosis over 20 years. I've traded the very early, like 2021, sorry, sorry 2001. Uh, I started trading options. So a long time in options market. And again, it comes down with the sort of mathematical mind, you know, design engineering. I think that all plays in how I see charts. Um, you know, I see patterns, you know, in, um, you know, when I was in design, I was also use a research person. So you need, you know, I was a, I was a hand designer. I would do sketches on it, but I also had a research role and, you know, you see societal prop, you know, patterns, you see things, you see themes, you see trends, and you apply that to the product world. Well, it's, it's, you know, same, you see, you see those sort of, um, you know, Crypto is a trend, right? It's it's developing. You, I, I can see how 2021 the market is about X. The 2023 the market will be about Y. You know, and so you, you, understanding these sort of trends that happen in the vesting world also plays into what I learned in the design world. So. So interesting. I love an interesting path, but really there's so many, uh, it's just interesting about life. You know, we pick up different things along the way and they snowball yeah. into something. It's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's cool. Um, so I also wanted to ask you in terms of focusing, well, you mentioned at the beginning of our conversation that you're trying to maintain patience. And I'm curious how you would advise investors kind of wading through the crypto markets uh, in the present day how how would you reassure or encourage them through that well i don't know how you do that if you don't have a view of market structure you know and i mean that's that's jason and my role is to give people a very objective view of market structure we hold this area it's bullish it's you know i mean in the most crassest sense you hold this area it's bullish you break this area it's bearish but um but also more importantly these are an, this is a region, a price area where we are interested in trade. I don't think if you, I mean, I don't, and I don't want to sound boastful at all, but we have a little bit of a track record in doing that. And I, and I, you know, and by that, I know a lot of my subscribers have told me that that very statement and understanding about the market structure has caused them to avoid doing a lot of stupid things, you know, and, um, you know, as, you know, one, if if I'm look, you know, if I've got a support level, a lot of subscribers learn that okay, I'm gonna pair back until we get closer to that because the risk is lowest if we're closer to support level, right? Like, you know, if you have your stop here, you want to have your buy here, you don't want to have your buy up here, or at least most of you know, I scale in as kind of a pyramid, but you know, I get we get our positions bigger when our stop outs here. Well, our our risk is hardly anything. And that gives a lot of, you know, if you teach someone that they can take a risk on this market with that little bit of money um, at, in play, that's reassuring versus, okay, uh, you know, I watch crypto traders all the time. Dogecoin is breaking out. It's going to, you know, and they're listening to Twitter saying it's going to run to $10 or something crazy. I don't, you know, and again, who are these Twitter people? They're just avatars on a, you know, on a, on a, on a, like I'm a real person. I sit down with real people. 
you know where I'm at. If you have issues with me, you can talk to me, you know, like, you know, I don't know how these people follow that sort of emotional advice. Um, and at the same time, if you look at all of that advice, it's usually telling people to buy at these highs versus we're usually in the market when no one, no one wants it. Right. Like that's the nature, actually the nature of Elliott wave. It teaches you is to buy when no one wants it. Kind of the old, um, uh, you know, uh, Buffett adage, right. Buy when everyone's, um, you know, fearful. And, and Elliott Wave, we see that, you know, right now, uh, you know, Bitcoin's been doing nothing, but it's wild to me how, uh, if you listen to podcasts and Twitter and all that, how negative people are. No, this is this is consolidation before a move, as long as it holds support. You know, again, I'm not saying there's 100% likely that's going to break up to 50K as our target. I can't say that 100%, but it looks like a pretty good setup to me. And as long as 21, 300 holds, we're expecting 50. So it's, uh, you know, just relax, wait for it to decide that it's going to react to it. Yeah, the signal to noise ratios are hard to suss out, I think, these days in, yeah. in many respects. Um, yeah. In terms of ETFs and stocks, is there a certain uh, division that you have between them? Crypto and crypto, we only really have the Vito, the Bitcoin, ProShares Bitcoin strategy. I mean, GBTC as well um is uh you know it's a it's not really an ATF it's a trust fund or whatnot I mean it's it's a close it's a closed end fund right it's it's a difficult one because it's premium discount uh is fluctuating and it which means that sometimes it correlates to Bitcoin and sometimes it doesn't you know it's 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 a weird animal and the charts are really unique um as compared to Bitcoin they're sort of similar in structure but but um, but you know sometimes we have to veer our accounts because it's not really correlating properly, and then of late it's been trying to close that discount and it's been running hard harder than Bitcoin, and so sometimes moving when Bitcoin was not, and so um, it's a bit of a mess. We do get great trades out of it. I hold it, and then again the other one is Bido um, uh, ProShares Bitcoin strategy, which we cover as well. Um, it's interesting because it. It has to every time it has a profit on the rolling futures, it's holds Bitcoin futures. Every time it has a profit on it, it has to pay pays a dividend. With the strong uptrend Bitcoin in 2023, the div dividends are massive. Like 50% of the fund is getting paid out in dividends. So it really mucks with the chart as well. I actually have a dividend adjusted chart because it's been giving me better accounts and better targets. Um, but yeah, so other than those two, what I do like about Bido is you get to play options. Like I'll do a lot of option selling on it to enter it, and then options, option call selling to exit it. So I, you know, and I, call, I call those. I tell people what I'm doing that, so they understand what I'm doing, and I, I teach on the options topic. So I like it from that perspective. But other than that, I mean, we have a rigs. Um, it's a Bitcoin mining ETF. It has never had a good chart. I like the miners, I don't trade it. Um, so that's about it. We have a very limited world. I imagine with SEC, the lawsuits and all of that stuff, I assume that 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 whole area is going to grow over the next few years. I look forward to that. Mm -hmm. So, how are you looking at Bitcoin these days? It's got um, so we do, so I've had a long target of 125k, and um, you know it, it, we got out when it was clear we were going to miss that in 2021. I, I wouldn't say we got out because I never get out of Bitcoin 100. It's part of my long term portfolio, but you know in the service wise, I say. You know, we're in a downtrend, you know, some people may want to cut back or whatever. Um, and I certainly cut back my position and I was no longer trading it aggressively long because it didn't make any sense. Um, sometimes we're shorting it, it with futures. Um, but after, let's see, I was skeptical about the bottom in November, um, uh, November 2022. But 
Ether actually, and I'm, I'm going to have an article come out um, in the next few days, hopefully on Ether setup, um, had a higher low when Bitcoin was putting a lower low in November 22nd. That was actually the first hint that we we're going to go into bull cycle. And now both of those coins have been up nearly 100% off of those lows. So um, off of their all-time lows, uh, or sorry, the 2022 lows. So um, I call this a bullish cycle. Um, that is the case in Bitcoin, in my view, as long as 18K holds. Ether, I can't remember the level. It's 15 something. But more importantly, Ether has a bullish setup with a support at 1700. And Bitcoin has a setup, a bullish setup, uh, as long as it holds over 26,130. Um, you can call it 26K if you like to give it a little more room. I, I probably would in my own trading. Um, that setup, I can't see. Ether should take it to 3,200 or can take it as high as. Um, and then Bitcoin 54K, I think is my nominal target. And so that's a great setup. I mean, it's a great setup to, I'm going to probably trade futures in that one. Again, when I when I have signs that has reversed um, and that should continue this uptrend from the 2022 lows, uh, which may, again, there's a lot of different ways I can view the structure. I'm going to have some other articles come out, talk about the grand structure of Bitcoin, um, but it, it may take it to 125K. There may be some wandering into kind of the having space that may take a long time, but this may be the beginning of that final move that finally get to finally get that move to 125K, which I've been waiting for for a while. What else do you think investors should be watching for or paying attention to in, in the crypto space? I mean, I, you know, I don't get too tied into the political space, but I think if you care about the space, you know, I think we've had multiple opportunities to write our congressman about, <laughs> about issues. You know, Elizabeth Warren has tried to ban, and I don't know anything I say here. I don't want to even reveal like what what party do I vote for and take a political stance. I will, and when it comes to crypto, I will get on both both sides' case because um, neither has been great. But um, but Elizabeth Warren has attacked holding uh, private. She's attacked the crypto market in general. But the one that feared me, gave me the most fear was the ability to hold my own wallet. You know, and and um, you know, she's wanted to move all wallets into services where you pay and pay fees and all of that which is ridiculous you know to me that defeats the entire purpose of crypto which is having an asset that you can transact with without an intermediary that's one of the great great gifts of crypto if really the crap hit the fan i want to be able to transact um you know gold is a little tough you you know go good luck trying to pay for gas with gold um you know or or even doing any barter transactions with gold or silver um but uh, so and then on top of it, you know, again, um, you know, the, the attack on Coinbase. You know, I, I don't I don't necessarily disagree that some of these cryptos are, are unregistered securities. I really don't disagree with it, but um, I, I don't I disagree with Gary Gensler's um, approach to the market in terms of enforce first versus actually having open discussions with companies and actually, you know, um, cooperating with the industry and helping the industry flourish in the United States. So, you know, again, those are a lot, I think any crypto investors can watch that as well. Um, and then again, again, if you are that person, I said this in the beginning, if you're that person that just wants to come and have an exposure, just keep it simple and have some Bitcoin, get that Bitcoin into, learn how to use a private wallet, get it into there, and then then not worry about it or add to it occasionally when when things dip and just try not to get emotional about Because a lot of people want to just have some exposure um, to the crypto, but they don't want to watch it like I do every day. And, and, you know, I would take a very different tack than what I have, which is just get some, you know, get 5% of your portfolio or something like that into a private wallet and just let it be and then add to it when it makes sense. Mm -hmm. 
And any thoughts on the broader market that you'd care to share with listeners? Uh, it looks to me like a bear setup is happening in place. We'll see if that's the case. Um, yeah, so I'm, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not making drastic changes to my portfolio, but it looks to me like starting to form a bearish situation. I, the, I mean, classically, when rates start to flatten out, you start to get the beginnings of a bearish move. A lot of people think that we need to get the rates down to to get the market going and sometimes that actually the first strike when 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 rates first come down usually the market's just starting to roll over and it looks to me like that may be beginning but we'll, yeah we'll see you know i'm not you know obvi that's obvious department and so i look at his counts i've got some other things i look at with markets from technical perspective and i also trade spx like really short term like i do a lot of day trading in it and that in that respect i don't really care what direction it goes to you know, I'll, I'll, I wake up in the morning and I, and I'm, you know, my bias will be one way or another or, or the bias to avoid it, you know, cause it's messy. What, what's your time allotment between trading and investing? They are concurrent within my day because so I'm, I'm trading every day. And then when, with respect to my investments, I keep spreadsheets on my costs. So when, when I want to own something long-term, a lot of times I, I'm just taking a glance at it and going, uh, you know, I've made some nice profit on this. I'm going to cut it back. You know, like, let, you know, like for instance, XLE is a, you know, I'm just using an example um, as an example trade. It, we are analysts expected to go lower. I want to have some energy exposure. I have the, I have a small bit of the ETF. We expect lower. So I'm just waiting for it to go lower and I'll just add a little bit and I'll just be doing little buys at a time, almost dollar cost averaging. So I kind of use a, um, I use sort of a, it's sort of alley wave oriented, but also I sort of target DCA around where we, you know, I put my greatest risk on when we expect we're near lows versus, you know, but at the same time, you know, if I, if I say I have a cash cost of 80, okay, now we're at 75. Okay. I'll add it, you know, I have five shares, 10 shares, you know, very small, but level buys just a dollar cost average in a little bit. So that's, I can't even tell you how much because that activity, I have my spreadsheets, I got so many spreadsheets up on my, you know, I got my charts, my spreadsheets, and I'm kind of glancing, you know, when when things slow down on the services, I, I I take glances at, you know, my spreadsheets and go, is there anything I should be doing here? A lot of days I do nothing, you know, and so it's just very chill, it's chillaxed to me, so to speak, it's relaxed, just, um, you know, it's sort of, you know, just looking at where I'm at, and then, you know, I always, I also like to have a lot of cash in my portfolio, and I go, well, how much cash do I have right now? Because if you don't have cash, you can't take um, make use of opportunities. And if that's uncomfortably small, then I may be looking for, I'll be scouring for where I can take some profit off the table, you know, which places where it makes sense. Is it near an Elliott Wave target? Is it at risk? And, and you know, and I've got, you know, like uh, I'm trying to think of a recent one, um, AMD, like AMD, a great example. I had a large holding of AMD and I just, and I think we were near our targets and I don't even know where it is today. And I took all of it off except for five shares to raise cash. And I think it's just gone higher, right? Okay, well that's fine. I still have my five shares, and they're continuing to make money for me. Um, but you know, I'm not going to add it until it's below my current average, you know, or or at least the last place. And I'm not, and I'm not greedy. I'm not um, distracted by you know that I'm lo not I'm losing that opportunity cost. Um, this is just why I played. Like you know, I got my cash out. I'm comfortable with having my cash, and I'm just going to look for something else that's on that bargain that's near a support level that I can add to. And so I'll just be scanning my spreadsheets. So. Yeah, it's a very like, uh, you know, it's methodical. It's, um, you know, I don't have time to be emotional about anything. And uh, anyway. I'm going to make that my motto. I don't have time to be emotional about anything. No. <laughs> it's a good motto. 
Um, Ryan, thanks so much for sharing so much with us. I'm happy for you to share any kind of final thoughts or words with the audience. And uh, if you want to let them know where they can find you aside from crypto waves on Seeking Alpha. Yeah, um, I, I would say the only uh, other than crypto waves at Seeking Alpha, um, I would if you want to get um, a taste of the service at a very rudimentary level, um, uh, I am holding a weekly web or monthly webinar every month, third Saturday at 1130. Um, I post the registration link um, a few days ahead. And this is the same webinar that I hold weekly with crypto waves subscribers. So they'll get a, a good solid taste of what we offer in the service. Again, only a small piece of it. Um, I do, I, I create some boundaries because I don't, I don't, I give the, just keep um, value for the subscribers. I only post the video for them. So you really do need to sort of show up and listen if you want to get a taste of it. Perfect timing. We'll put it up. Yeah. So join up at that and then um, watch my articles on Seeking Alpha. Follow me on Twitter, uh, R-W-I-L-D-A-Y. As I recall, they can ask, someone can ask me and verify, but as I recall, we have a free trial period on Seeking Alpha as well. 14-day free trial, confirming. Yeah, there you go. Awesome. Good synergies. Great stuff. Thanks for sharing so much with us and I hope to have you back soon. No, thank you. Just a reminder, anything you hear on this podcast should not be considered investment advice. This is for entertainment purposes only and you should seek advice from a licensed professional before investing. If you enjoyed the episode, leave a rating or review on your favorite podcasting app and we'll see you soon with a new episode.